Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you. As always, is Bob live in the lounge staring at the Ouija board. I know it's been a long time, ladies and gentlemen, but I've been really busy, okay? I'm a dad. It's a full-time job, you know? Uh, I'm very excited right now because uh, one of my favorite musicians, originally from Philadelphia, who's relocated out to Los Angeles, is back on the Bobcast today with an exciting, exciting offer for you guys. And I'm talking about an offer for your ears. You're going to take a listen today to his new EP, you're going to find out about a show coming up this weekend, and you're just going to, you know, enjoy his company. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. C. Lee himself, Chris Lee of the band The Shakers. <laughs> Dude, your, your, um, your introductions are fantastic. I love you, Bob. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, as always, for uh, all the support, man, all the support over the years. I, I love you, dude. How's it going? It's, you know, it's going. It's going, you know, 88 miles per hour. I don't know if I'm in the past the future, the present, you know, but I'm here, you know. Uh, you, you contacted me earlier this week. You gave me a sneak preview of the new album by The Shakers. The last time you were on the Bombcast here, you know, the, it was like a transitional thing. And you were introducing to the band Blaze Powers, uh, the new lead singer. And since that time, you guys have gone on and recorded an EP. Can you um, just drop some knowledge on all the Bombcast listeners out there and tell us about Waves? Totally. Uh, well, Waves is Waves is definitely uh, a record about transition. Just even in the theme and in the title, um, you know, I think it's a pretty. It's, I think it's been a pretty weird year for almost everyone in the world. I think, especially lately, and uh, you know, it's just kind of about how things in your life change and things go up, things come down, and that was just a really big theme for me personally in my life over the last year. Um, you know, I, I think last time we talked, yeah, uh, Blaze had just joined the band. Um, 2016 was a really scary year for me personally, musically. I had no idea what was really going to happen or, you know, how this was going to work out. And, um, and yeah, so we, uh, we pressed on and we did it. We made a record and I'm, I'm really stoked about it and the band's really stoked about it. Um, and I'm just really excited uh, for everyone to hear it. <laughs> I'm a little nervous for everyone to hear it, though, too, because it's uh, definitely my first time. Uh, recording the record myself, and uh, I hope I, I hope. Okay, so that was my next question. You did all these. You did this all yourself, right? Yeah. So um, we kind of were in a pickle, and uh, you know, usually as a band, as you do, you go out and you play shows and you make money, and then you pay someone to make a record for you, or you know, if you're if you're lucky or unlucky, depending on how it works out, you sign a record deal, and then you know, a label pays for you to make a record. Um, and we had always enjoyed being self-financed because, you know, then the music was ours and, you know, we didn't have to worry about getting, you know, signed and signed and iced, as they call it, where they just leave your record on the shelf to not have it conflict with any of their other bigger selling artists. And um, so, but yeah, we, uh, we hadn't played any shows in a long time. We had no money and um, it just wasn't really an option for us to go into a studio. And uh, during the last record that we made I had uh started building up my own home studio just to kind of like just to kind of have just to kind of you know it felt like that was the natural you know progression of things like you should as a musician eventually own your own studio and uh so I recorded a lot of my guitars on my own and it was just so liberating it was just a fun you know experience you know you could just sit there and get as you know as anal as you wanted to get just you know tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and um so that you know, kind of became infectious. And uh, we just said, dude, let's go for it. So we bought an old tape machine uh, from this place up in North Hollywood that restores them, just a a four-track, quarter-inch reel-to-reel. And 
Nick and I went into his dad's gorgeous living room in, uh, in the hills behind uh, the Getty Center. And uh, we put four mics on the drums. And we had a, our, our awesome buddy, Matt Schwartz, there, who's a phenomenal engineer uh, who works in the biz, just kind of helping guide mic placement and, you know, just an extra set of ears and a tremendously helpful set of hands. And, yeah, we banged out... Um, we banged out all the drums that day, straight to tape, came back and dumped it into Pro Tools and made the rest of the record in my apartment, which was a really fun, uh, awesome, scary, and cool experience. When did we do, when did we do the last Bobcast? I, can't, I have no recollection of time, as I mentioned at the, the beginning of this podcast. What was that like? That was definitely... Was it summertime? Yeah, that was over the summer. We were probably getting started on it at that point, or at least talking pre-production, because we, we, we had our big... Yeah. I think it was August we did our big yes. announced show with Blaze. Yeah, it was August, yeah. right? Okay. So you really, you turned out, you know, a bunch of great songs relatively. And I guess, you know, some people, it takes them years to come up with songs. So, um, like I said, you, you sent me uh, some of the tracks uh, earlier this week. I got a chance um, to listen to them at the beginning of this um, podcast. We heard a brief snippet of Apple Tree. But right now, um, before we get into the nitty gritty of C. Lee's Lifestyle, out there in Los Angeles, so I want to take a listen to Eyes to the Sky here on the Bobcast. <laughs>
That was the Shakers, ladies and gentlemen, with Eyes to the Sky. Definitely got a great riff. I mean, you've always had great riffs, even from the first time I saw you way back in the day. Um, you, you can, If you're living in Los Angeles right now, you need to go on their website, and you need to buy a ticket for January 27th at the Viper Room at 8.30. We got Crash Fist Fight. We got Love in a 38. And Zachary, I'm going to say his last name as Kibby. Correct. Is that I said it right, Greg. Yeah. Okay, so definitely check it out. Go to the Viper Room. Um, and I guess you could pick up the EP, uh, Waves, through the Shakers website as well. Um, what's the current one that you guys are using? It's still ilovetheshakers.com. Okay, cool. So um, first off, I, I love, you know, the new stuff. Uh, you know, it sounds great. I, I could tell that there was something special about it, but now that I'm learning here on the podcast that it was done with Real to Real, I still think that that was like the – like of all my recordings that I've ever done, that was my favorite to do because because it was so crisp and it sounds like you're actually like in the room. You know what I mean? Like it's so easy to just set up mics and plug them into Pro Tools and just hope that you come up with something. But when you're actually using tape, I mean, it's a whole different ball game. You got to get it. You know, you got to be on top of your game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Nick Nick uh, was the we done we did one record that was fully to tape and it was one of the best experiences ever. For this, we just did drums to tape because you just there's just something about, like you said, you, you kind of got to get in there and throw your A game, a game down. And, and Nick Woods is just a monster. And uh, yeah, I mean, we just we kind of wanted that vibe and that that feel of like, you know, we're not going to comp drum takes. We're not going to, you know, uh, we, you know, it was just and I don't know. There's just something exciting, and it kind of changes the vibe of what you're doing when you uh, when you set up a tape machine and, and you load up a reel and um, yeah, and it just friggin' looks cool, man. <laughs> It does look cool. And it's, I mean, just the whole process. I mean, uh, in general, I mean, Downton Harvest's first, I guess, demo was recorded on Reel to Reel. I don't know if I should say his name, but I can tell you that he took the pro- he took the money that we gave him and, like, literally went out and bought drugs to use during the session. And they weren't the happy kind of drugs, ladies and gentlemen, which was kind of frightening. But still, I mean, this, uh, you can hear it on bandcamp.com, Downtown Harvest, uh, it's a free EP, but it's still, I mean, like, I look back at it, I'm just like, you know what, that sounds awesome. The drums, especially, though, just because it kind of captures, like, the whole kit, you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, everyone kind of, like, punches things in now, and it kind of gets redundant. But, um, so tell me, like, what's it like playing with Blaze now, doing these live shows? Well, it's definitely different, you know, um, the bands come a long way over the, uh, you know, eight, nine years or whatever it's been. Um, we're, we're definitely just approaching the project differently. We used to be so, you know, serious and just like, we got to make it. And, you know, we all still really love and believe in the music and that's still our ultimate goal. Um, but just like not letting the, uh, the administrative pressures, you know, or anything like that, like get in the way or get too heavy. Like, you know, we just, we really just wanted to get back to just like, enjoying music and having fun and not letting it stress us out because it could be it can be really stressful you know running a band that's you know pushing really hard um so that was that was the biggest theme for us carrying forward and blaze is just awesome i mean she's um she's super hungry and she's young and she just like wants to rock out and go everywhere and do everything um she's a she's a video game nerd which i totally love um and she's just easygoing. Like I, I like I like working with her. You know, she has great suggestions, and she comes up with uh, great vocal melodies and lyrics. And you know, but if you know, there's something that I'm like, yeah, why don't we try this? She's like, yeah, okay, cool. 
but then also isn't afraid to be like, hmm, I, ha- I have another suggestion. <laughs> like, or, uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. We haven't, we haven't traveled much, but we're looking forward to that in this year now that we've got the new EP done. I just had to tell my wife to cool it because <laughs> she was making all sorts of noise with the baby. He's awake. He's not really a baby anymore. He's a year old now. I guess he's a baby, but still, he's like a little dude. You know what I mean? It's totally, totally bizarre how much my life has changed. But you know what? I mean, uh, I'm still making music. You know what I mean? I'm still doing still doing my thing. Uh, I actually started uh, doing new... You remember Stone Throne? Oh, yeah. So Judah and I, we have we've we've known each other since 1992. We've never played any music, so we I started playing his songs, and um, it's it's going great. It's it's a lot of fun. So I'm excited for you. You know what I mean. And um, the one thing I mean, the Viper Room. You guys play there a bunch. Each time you go there, that that place always has energy. Um, I, I think I've talked about the Viper Room on numerous podcasts throughout the 120 what seven episodes. I'll recommend it. out there if you've if you, have you seen the documentary Dig? Okay, you gotta watch this show, Seeley and ladies and gentlemen out there. I mean, you can download it on I think Amazon. You can get it illegally if you're savvy enough. It's this documentary between the Dandy Warhols and the Brian Jonestown massacre when they moved to Los Angeles and they recorded their albums. And it's one of the most infamous fight scenes on the stage of the Viper Room. So anytime I see anything or anytime I plug the Viper Room, that's the only thing I think about. You got to check it out tonight, Sile. But um, we'll come back to uh, the Shakers. The one thing I want to talk about, since I know you're such an aficionado on Star Wars, what do you think of the new title, The Last Jedi? Um, I hope it's the last... Uh, mediocre Star Wars movie that they've put out recently. <laughs> now, I, I didn't get a chance to see Rogue One yet, so, I mean, if you're saying that's mediocre, that's great. Don't spoil the ending for me, because I'm definitely going to check it out. But I do... I, the only thing that I'm worried about is, okay, are they alluding to the fact that Skywalker is the last Jedi, and this is his final film, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just hope it's... it's not I do like a... the red logo, though, you know? Yeah, I just hope it's not going to be a situation where, um, you know, he trains. I'm calling it right now. This is what's this is what's going to happen. He's going to train Rey, and then he's going to die, and then she's the last Jedi. God, you know, I just don't want that to happen, though. Because it's like every movie, that's what they do. Like, train them, and then they die, and then, you know, like... So here's how I, I don't feel. know. I hope it's... Here's my, here's my feelings on the Go. matter. Um, mm-hmm. I... And I... And to backpedal somewhat, I, I enjoyed episode seven um, for what it is. And what it is to me is a total soft reboot of the franchise. You know, I, I think J.J. Abrams did a great job of being like, hey, here's uh, here's the things you know and love. Here's some things that are slightly different. Here's a bunch of new characters. Get used to them. And I'm going to throw this up in the air so Disney can milk this teat for the next 40 friggin' years. And boy, are they going to. And there you go. And I think he did a great job of that. I think he totally served his purpose. Um, they got Harrison Ford in and out of there as quick as they could. Um, you know, Carrie Fisher recently passed away, which is tragic. Um, and I think that, yeah, I'm calling it. I feel like they're going to kill off Luke in this one and just, and with him, you know, as the last Jedi, you know, the last remnants of the old Republic, if we will. Uh, I think they're just going to sweep everything else under the rug. I, I really was... Um, you know, without saying anything about Rogue One, was just disappointed in some of the choices that they made using, you know, especially because these films have been 
so anti, you know, we're, we're using all practical effects and no CGI, none of that Jar Jar Binks stuff. But then uh, those who have seen it will know what I'm griping about in the situation and their use of CGI. Um, I don't understand. Yeah, I it. did spoil that for myself, so I, I'm aware of that, and it's just like, uh, come on, you know what I mean? But yeah, unnecessary. It's just fan service, and uh, you know, I, and I don't think that they're taking any real risks. I don't think that they're trying to bring anything really new. And and I, and granted, I think it's really hard territory to traverse. You know, like how do you how do you pay respect to the past without you know having um, it be too redundant as well as, you know, taking new chances without running into, you know, the, the dangers that, uh, faced, I, I think everyone's just gun shy from what happened with the prequels, but that was just lazy, sloppy filmmaking on George Lucas's part. And, uh, but I think because of that, no one's going to take any real risks or try anything new. And that's, that's my concern and my feelings about, uh, Last I do Jedi. wonder, you know, like Lucas, like he, apparently he did write sequels and when he sold, you know, the Star Wars Empire to, to Disney for, like, you know, uh, billions of dollars. He had, like, treatments for three of these these sequels. I, yeah. I, I'm anxious to know, like, what, what was that all about, you know? Yeah, and they told him to take a hike, which sucks. The prequels are a mess, but I mean, like, the, I mean, I, I always loved Darth Maul. I thought that Darth Maul was a great villain who needed way more screen time than, than he got. Because it was scary, you know what I mean? And, like, it was kind of like how I felt when I first saw Darth Vader. But, um... Yeah, I, I totally agree with you as far as, you know, it was a safe approach. When you look back, I just recently watched The Force Awakens again. I was just like, this is literally beat for beat, pretty much the same film as Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it's re reintroducing people. But, like, I don't think that, you know, I'm hopeful that with the title The Last Jedi and the, you know, the ominous, like, red tones that they're using for the logo, that they take some of the same risks that they did with how dark The Empire Strikes Back was, you know, like... And hopefully, you know, that's that's something, you know what I mean? Yeah. But who knows? You yeah. Know? And, I, and I hope I think we're going to see a... a trailer for it soon, right? It's supposed What's to come that? out? I haven't seen a trailer, no. I, I, I think it's supposed to be attached, I think, sometime this spring to something. I, I, I read something about it, but yeah, it's... It's 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 hard, you know what I mean? Like it's it's hard to be a Star Wars fan. It's hard to explain to people, really. But I mean, like it seems as if everything now is being, you know, either rebooted or brought back from the dead. I mean, um, I was just reading this article that, that they're talking about bringing back Lost. If somebody can find a way to crack the story, it's like they all died. You know what I mean? Like, come on, like what do you, you know what I mean? What can you do here? You know? Yeah, I but think, I think people are just grasping for straws when they're trying to make anything these days because no one, no one is like making anything new like everyone just wants to reboot everything and uh it's it's not good yeah it just it, it gets redundant you know what i mean but um i had to I had to chime in with that you know as far as because uh, i know you, you dig star wars a couple of the people on the podcast have chatted about it before we did actually a force awakens podcast with boba fett sweat but um back to uh back to music real quick um what are you listening to like what what what's 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 going on like in your your earbuds right now? What do you got going on? I need some new music. Uh, God, man. <laughs> um, honestly, like the past six seven months, I doing this record was such a huge undertaking for me because I'd never done anything like this before. So I, I'm really excited to not listen to it anymore because that's all I've listened to was just mixes and you know waves. Yeah, I know I know that feeling. <laughs> it's insane, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, um. 
currently I am actually just getting really back into like my old classic rock records and um, I'm studying um, orchestration. So I've been listening to a lot of classical, you know, uh, Debussy, Mozart, you know, all the, the usual guys, um, you know. And It's funny you say that because I've been listening to a lot of that too because I'm trying to play. I mean, somebody once told me years ago that if your son or daughter as a baby listens to classical music or the Beatles, they can grow up to be, you know, a savant. So uh, we listen to lots of classical music. And I, I got to say, I love classical music. I, I, it's so, it puts you at ease. It really does. And um, it, it just has like this like overall effect that, that I don't think you really can get. It's kind of weird too if you think about it. There's not, I mean, I, I, I may be completely out on my own here, but there's no new classic <laughs> artists, you know what I mean? It'd be cool if there was like somebody in their, like, their 20s or something like Skrillex, but they were doing classic instead of like EDM. Yeah. And they had like, you know, a full stage show. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, you've still got, like, the dudes that are that are still alive and doing it, like your John Williams and your Hans Zimmer, um, who I actually just signed up for. They do those live events, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually doing, uh, I signed myself up for Hans Zimmer's uh, online master class, which I'm very excited about. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, but you're, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's not any up-and-coming, like, badass emo teenager <laughs> orchestrators out there i mean that i know there could be i don't know that would be so I, i'd pay money to see that yeah. like a punk rock classical orchestra just like killing it you know what i mean like yeah. uh we can't i think the last time you were on the show we came up with an idea like this I, I can't remember the idea but it seems as if when we get together we we kind of orchestrate these these fabrications of thoughts and future ideas um so being you know uh that you live on the other side of the country where things definitely are a little bit more less conservative than they are over here. Can you tell me what the general consensus is among people in Los Angeles, given the current state of affairs in 2017 with our new president? Uh, dude, I, I think I can speak for everyone in California when I can say I have, I don't know, man, I don't want to get too political. Uh, no one's happy right Neither now. Neither do I. I don't <laughs> yeah. get political. It's yeah. just kind of, when I was a teacher, I just always had to be bipartisan. So, I mean, what does it look like out there? You know what I mean? Like I see all these protests, you know, like if I can, what's if I the can, feeling? If I can separate myself as a representative of the shakers for a moment, uh, me personally, like I'm really just disgust, disgust. I mean, I've been unhappy with the way this country has been going for a, probably since college. I've been upset about things. Um, and uh, I am a little Fun fact, Nick Woods is getting married in Ireland this summer, and I'm going to be uh, attending the wedding, and um, I'm going to be visiting Amsterdam and Germany for the first time, and I might just stay. I might just stay. <laughs> I like, I, um, yeah. I'm horrified, man. Just looking at all the stuff that's going on in North Korea and Russia and internally, um, I, I, I want out, man. I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm literally... I talk about it every day with my girlfriend of uh, almost two years, Claire, and uh, I really want out. I want to get out of here. I, just, I feel like this country's been unstable for a really long time, and every great empire falls, and America is next in line, and it's not a question of if, but when, and uh, I mean, if it's whether it's you know us getting ourselves in a war where we bite off more than we can chew, or you know us letting some, you know, uh, celebrity run the country who th- 
runs the uh, economy into the ground like he's done with so many other businesses or whether we just ignore our planets changing and we all end up underwater it's it's gonna happen like one way or another and uh but i always kind of was hoping it would be like my grandkids would see it but now i'm like (laughs) it could be me it could be me i know it's weird I never thought when I turned 40 years old that Donald Trump would be the president of the United States of America in four years. I'm just like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense logically. But, you know, there's a lot of – I just posted today on Instagram, and it seems to be uh, people are starting to dig it. Um, I mean, if you think about it, technically with all that's going on in current events, the president, how people feel somewhere, nestled into the breadbasket perhaps of, you know, suburban America – there's maybe three young guys, maybe even three young girls who are for the first time now getting together and they're playing their instruments together and they're going to go on to become what the Beatles and Nirvana did for mainstream pop culture, have a counterculture movement somewhere. So hopefully from all this type of negativity, there can be some sort of optimism that something good can come from it. I mean, that's the only thing I can hope for, especially as a new father. And, um, you know, I just, I hope people are safe. You know what I mean? Like all these protests. Yeah. Uh, you know, listen to, uh, pop in waves instead. You know what I mean? Relax. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> listen to some shakers. Go see them at the Viper Room this Saturday night. Is it Saturday night or Friday night? I, I'm uh, so mixed up with my days. This Friday. Tomorrow night. This Friday. 8.30 is Doors. First band's on at 9. We're on at 10. Uh, all the bands playing are phenomenal. Um Tickets available at the door. Tickets available online. Uh, it's going to be a great show. We're playing the whole new EP. Uh, a lot of oldies and some goodies. And we got some things up our sleeve. Um, very excited to get back on that stage. And yeah, let's all just get away from it for a minute. Like I just, I'm, I'm really excited to get on stage and, and work out a lot of this tension that's been building. Yeah, it's always such a, a great way to, to admit that energy. Uh, last question before we go here on the Bobcast. And it's something that I just, I don't think I've ever asked. Uh, I saw a picture on Facebook uh, of you playing guitar, and I've never asked the origin of your intricate tattoo. Oh, um, on my on my arm, yeah, it's um. For the Bobcast listeners who don't see Seely through this audio format, he has some sort of trickled down, almost like uh, plant life type. I'll let you describe it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so it's vines, um, and it's a uh, it's a memorial to my best friend Peter Chisty uh, from first grade, who is my First musical supporter, uh, fun fact. Uh, like, you know, I was kind of a nerdy kid growing up, got picked on a lot, and but he was the dude who was like, just sat around listening to me playing guitar and where everyone else was like making fun of me. He was like, dude, you should do this, man. Like, I, you know, and he would just like dance around in my basement while I was playing guitar. And it was like my first, you know, best friend, but also my first fan. And then um, summer before senior year of high school, he was out hiking and fell to his death, uh, incredibly tragically. And uh, it was like, it was like the roughest moment like I think I've ever dealt with, obviously. You know, like you don't think that your best friend from childhood will just die. Um, sorry, this tattoo is such a friggin' bummer story. <laughs> like I really need like a I need like a Snoopy on Not the Not really arm. though. Like, it's it's <laughs> but, pretty you know, it's yeah. nice to give testimony to the people who've passed on. I mean, I do it a lot with some of my friends who have died, you know, really early in their lives and you know. Yeah. I, I, I saw it today and I was like, you know what, I know there's some sort of meaning to it because it really is an intricate tattoo you don't really see that much yeah so his, so, um, his name yeah, thanks and, for sharing that yeah his name and, and you know the years of his life the dates are on the inside of my wrist and the vines spread out from that that's 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 cool um 
last thing before we go. Yeah, chances of the Shakers <laughs> coming back to Philadelphia. Uh, chances of coming back to Philly. Um, I would love to. I, I I sneak back about once a year to, which just gets harder and harder every year because you know it gets more costly to be out there. I can be out there less. Um, you know, I just try and, and get so into the expensive. city and grab a cheesesteak and try and say hi to some friends if I have time. Um, this year was was extremely uh, brief, very breve. Um, but band-wise, yeah, we'd really love to. I mean, it's just uh, it's just a yeah, matter of getting the finances together. I wish I could just send you the check right now, Seeley. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, do yourself a favor. Visit the Shakers website. It'll be listed below here in this podcast, Bobcast slash ultimate extreme form of relaxation to get your mind off of current events check them out at the viper room friday night 8 30 see lee always a pleasure i hope that you keep coming back on the podcast forever like i hope that we're like 70 years old talking about this podcast <laughs> you know i mean like <laughs> totally man. just keep it flowing you know what i'm saying thanks thanks for always and don't don't leave on, the dude. country okay we need you totally all right man i love you <laughs> i love you too man ladies and gentlemen that's been another episode of bob